It's time to crack the code of love. The quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. However, no one teaches us the skills to build love and what it actually takes to create thriving partnerships. Q Love 101, the podcast that breaks down all you need to know about love, sex, dating, and relationships through real and vulnerable conversations with me and some amazing guests who truly walk the talk and embody what it really means to love yourself. I'm Gabby Balsells, a psychotherapist and connection junkie, and your host. Well, hello there. Welcome. I'm truly so honored that you are here for this very first episode of Love 101. This is Gabby Balsells. I will be your host. I'm a couples therapist. I help single people looking for love find love and decipher this, like, how does love really work? I help individuals who want to uplevel their relationships and also especially couples who are willing to lean in and do the work, right? I work with people who know that relationships are your biggest, safest, and most important asset. I mean, what's love without a beautiful relationship, right? You could have everything on paper, the money, the job, the future, but yeah, you won't feel fulfilled. I know we've all been there in those moments of like, oh, is this really it? No, 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 no. That's where we start, right? I truly believe that everyone deserves thriving, happy, long lasting, if that's what you desire, right? Relationships that can be life-giving, that can feel vibrant, that can feed into your work, your family life, your friends, right? They give you energy. And so I will be committed to bringing you real life stories and conversations from experts and friends who will dive deep into conscious dating, relationships, self-love, self-pleasure, intimacy, and all that beautiful, juicy stuff, right? But of course, I'm also especially committed to bringing guests and friends who are not only experts in that they know these things or they're therapists like me, but really that I know their life and I admire their relationship and I know about them that they truly embody and that they don't just talk the talk, but really, really walk the walk. And so I thought it was only feeding, of course, to then start with my story. My partnership story, our story, how I got to where I got, and I share snippets of this in my Instagram about these like three pivotal moments in my relationship from meeting, going all in, six months into dating, moving to Mexico with my partner because it seemed like this was a real thing, something to invest both feet in and explore, right? And then um, having a beautiful adventure. Three years in Mexico, we fell in love with the country. Mexico lindo y querido lo extraño. I know that we will probably retire there. And that was like such three years of the best partnership, uh, working as a team, the first time living together, beautiful, beautiful space. And then we moved to Stamford, Connecticut, where I'm now, and um, there was like literal winter 
winter time and winter in our relationship and how this is a second pivotal moment. Of course, I'll walk you through, right? But I'm just mentioning the big timeline over crisis, four and a half years in crisis in our relationship. Like, if you've never felt like you don't know what the hell your partner's doing, if you don't feel like, if you've never had a moment of like, resentment, hating, having murderous thoughts about your partner, just wait. You, you just haven't been together long enough, right? I say this and it scares some people, but really it's just that's how important partnership is, that when it's off, your life is off, right? And that led to a crisis, a breakup. I, I left. We broke up. It wasn't a break. As Ross Geller would say, it wasn't a break. It was a full-on breakup. No contact for four months, five months, like full-on breakup. Packed my bags, moved back to Guatemala, like moved a country alone. A bit of a haze now as I remember, but yeah, into what actually transpired, how we got back where we are now in seven and a half years in a relationship married, happily married, more connected than ever. Yeah, a lot. And so I'm sure it'll be several, several moments that I'll have to unpack in other episodes, but this is a big timeline, right? And so I'll just lean right in. I was graduated from my master's program. I'm a clinical psychologist. I knew I wanted to work with couples, but I was still in this in-between over um, needing an a stable income before I felt ready to like jump in to private practice or setting up my own business. And I was working in human resources actually doing like personality profiling, a bit of a bit of psychology, but also a bit of corporate America, right? I um my father's from Guatemala, my mom is American. I was living in Guatemala. I, I was actually born and raised there. I was working in Henkel, a big company in human resources. I was super unsatisfied. I, the, yeah, it seems dramatic, but I'm like one of those people who corporate jobs sucks my soul. I was ready for a change, but I wasn't really feeling brave enough to like make a big jump for it. And uh, that's where I met Rodrigo, my partner. He was, he is an uh, engineer. He's a Taurus, very much resonates with Taurus energy. He's stubborn. He's very rational. He's great. He's got this artist, poet heart. Um, he plays guitar. He has this creative mind. He's a entrepreneur and business guy inside, right? But of course, he's also had to play by life's rules and and you know how it is you graduate from college and then you have to get a big job and you have to make money and that's where he was and he had climbed up the corporate ladder killing it right we met at at the job and he was so professional we didn't really have a chance to uh connect but at, after about four months of that job, I was working with his team directly. I could see him. it was most certainly not love at first sight. It was just this guy um, at work. And actually, he 
seemed handsome to me. Like I noticed him. He was funny. He was super, super smart. He was like, they called him number two because he was the, the manager, like the big bosses. Number two guy, second hand guy, right? Right hand guy and um, super high performer, huge potential. I was doing my own thing. I was just like surviving, trying to think of my next move and um, kind of lost. I would get sick at work. My head would hurt. I would get the flu, like my defenses were really low and it was obviously psychosomatic. I was super unhappy. I was just like trying to figure out what was next, how to make a stable income while also following my passion. I knew I loved couples work. I wanted to, like that's when, uh, ever since I was 15, well, ever since I was a very little girl, I was a pretty silent observer of human behavior, right? But when I was 15, my parents officially separated and that set off chaos in our family of what happens when the leaders of the relationship and family can't really be the leaders, right? Their own drama distracted family life. And I dove really deep into understanding love. Like that was my biggest thing. I wanted to crack the code for love, what, how to protect my heart, how to make sure it's long lasting. What happens? Why do people fight? Why do these things happen? Right. And um, I'll have to share more about my dating journey in college. Right. But by this time I was 24, about to turn 25. And actually there was this pretty magical coincidence that the Christmas party, December 2015. It was the last couple days that I was working that corporate job. There was this group of young people who decided we should hang out for um, like an after party for drinks after the official party. Like the official party was not that fun. It was like the whole company, right? And so we, the younger people, just like younger millennials like me, went to a bar after. And I I didn't really want to go. I was like, uh, let me hang out with my own friends. I wasn't really into the work scene in that moment. And I actually had a friend, Angie, and she told me, she like convinced me and she hadn't taken her car. So she asked me to give her a ride. And she said, let's go to this bar, a couple drinks, and then like, let's leave. I want to go, but I didn't bring my car. And so I kind of felt guilty and I thought, okay, I'll just like go for her and with her. And um, then I found out that Rodrigo had the same inclination. Like he didn't really want to go to the party. He was heading home, but it was like Friday, December, Christmas season. And when he saw the highway to his house, right when he had to take the turn, Waze and like his, his Google Maps said like, they'll, they'll be like 50, 50 minutes, like almost an hour traffic. If you go straight to like the bar area, it was like 15 minutes, like 10, 15 minutes. So he thought I'll go to the bar, have a drink, like same thought I had and then like leave. It was never the intention to stay there. Right. And so we were both there. It was the first time outside of the office, outside of work that we kind of like had a chance to talk. I was also like more social, right. Change of scenery about work mode. And, um, 
we connected. He he kind of like gave me more attention. I noticed I was in this moment of dating over like, you've got to make it super clear that you want to get close to me. Like I need consistency. I have never played those games over like, let me decipher if you, like you've got to tell me, I just trust your words and your actions. And if your actions line up, then I'll know you're interested. I don't really give much energy to anything else. And so he gave me more attention. He sat next to me. There were a few drinks involved. There was fun and like news stories. And it was like a super fun night where we just connected over talking and sharing outside, like another side of the people at work that you never saw. We kissed that night in front of everyone. There was like the general manager there. Like it just was out in the open. It was just a connection that happened and sparked. And he asked for my number and he told me, I remember so clearly, he looked at me and he said, okay, I'm taking you on a date next Saturday. And I was like, sure. But then I was also like, who knows? Who knows with guys? Like I had dates and been ghosted. I had dates dates that went well and then just like fizzled out. So I was like, who knows? Let's not get hopes up. I gave him an Embra left. He texted. Not the next day. I was kind of like waiting to see what would happen. So that was a Friday, Saturday, nothing. And then he texted on Sunday, just like, hey, I had fun. And then actually he texted on Monday, reminding me and like re-asking me on the date. And honestly, he texted every day ever since. We did go out that Saturday. He had a super set plan, like he dressed up. I remember he asked me if he want if I wanted him to pick me up. And I said, no, let's meet at the restaurant because I don't need any pressure. And he was like all dressed up with a blazer and dress shoes. And he had a reservation. It was like this fancy place he had scouted before to make sure we had a, a really beautiful table. Like there was a lot of effort. And uh, yeah, he just he just showed up with everything. He made it super clear he was in it two weeks later, like it was fast, but it wasn't that intense. It was just clear. He was never a big energy. He was just like there, 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 consistent. And he asked me to be his girlfriend two weeks after, like just two weeks, like, okay, like this is exclusive. I want you to be my girlfriend. I said, yes. Um, and that's when our beautiful, just like relationship started I would go he lived alone I love that that was when we had our our time for date nights and connection and just like hanging out we started taking salsa classes on Saturdays and then we would order dinner or go out to eat or hang out with friends and then we had like these beautiful weekends together I was still doing my master's program so I was like busy from Monday to Wednesday and then we would see each other maybe like Thursday and then Saturday and it just really quickly became this committed space over like he was very clear I was 25 he was 31 32 
and he just shared with me how much he had done. I mean, yeah, 32 years of life. He had done the dating scene. He had done the working hard. He was at this point of life where, yeah, I want to work hard, but I also want a partner. I'm ready to invest time, energy. I'm ready to find like someone who I can share life with. And I remember, I mean, I was 25. That was also like really, like really beautiful, but also really like shocking to me, right? Like, okay. And so he just made it super clear. Again, the stable, he's very like committed. His words match his actions and that consistency is, now I see it as of course, like just like a baseline. It's like a non-negotiable. That's a basic. It's how it should be. But for me in that moment, that was like, wow, such an expansion. This is how it's supposed to be, right? So we had this beautiful um, relationship four or five months and he shared with me that his next opportunity would be Mexico, right? We were in Guatemala. There was nothing there for him to grow into, right? His his next big job to be able to earn more money and status and everything, like it would be Mexico. And he was like, yeah, maybe two years from now, which I was like open to. I was like, yeah, we'll see if we're together and if this happens. And actually like three weeks after he was offered the Mexico job, which meant moving, moving to Mexico. It was like a full on job in, on the site, right? which was a whirlwind when he told me we were having dinner at this restaurant Chili's. I was eating. I started crying, like crying in public, not even like because I didn't want to go. I was just overwhelmed with fear and like, what does this mean? He said he wanted to explore the job, that it was the next big move, um, that it was something that he was working towards. But, but that he would only go if I would go with him. And he said, like, this is something that is really exciting for me, and I'm definitely interested, but I am more interested in this relationship. And we've discovered that this is what I want, and I'm so in love with you, and I'm so committed to you that if you want to explore this with me, we'll go. And if this is like out of the question and you definitely don't want to explore this, then I'll stay. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, you cannot make this decision for me, right? But now I understand that that's partnership. He was prioritizing us, right? The most important thing was us. And he actually told me like, yeah, this is a really exciting job. I'm definitely interested, but it won't make or break. Like I've done a lot of things in my career. I've moved up the corporate ladder. Like I'm really happy. I want to grow, but I'm also really happy where I am. And I'm ready to like now direct time energy into relationship. Like this is the next phase of my life. And I was just like mind blown, right? So Fast forward, we went to Mexico to explore. We came back, like there was a lot of in between. <laughs> we told our families, like it was, my friends were so shocked. It was so fast. Yeah, it was like five months in, six months in. Um, Fast for some people, right? It's all relative. And actually the first, no, the second time he he met with my dad, my, my parents are divorced. So he had seen my dad less. The second time he met up with my dad was to tell him he was taking my dad's daughter. He was like, yes, sir, I'm taking my daughter, your daughter, to Mexico. 
So my dad was not happy. That's a story for another day. My family was shocked, but really supportive. My friends were shocked and they, they didn't know what to think. I, uh, people were kind of supportive, but mostly um, it's just weird. I think when people are making big leaps, it, it, it makes you reflect on your own life, right? And I thought we would get more excitement, but actually that's such a big adventure, right? That, yeah. And fast forward, we moved to Mexico um, to an empty house. We had like a rug on the floor, ordered pizza. We didn't have furniture. We stayed at a hotel. It was a whole thing, like expat life. We'll have to do a, a episode about that. But it was like thriving three years. It was, of course, the first time I was living with a man or anyone else, right? Other than my family. He had already lived alone. That was really good. But it was our first time living together and our first time re really diving into partnership, right? It was beautiful, hard. So when you leave your family, friends, your land behind, right? It's like it forces you to create this whole new life, which I think was really good in terms of setting boundaries and being a team and being you and me, you and me here, right? You and me against the world because now it's us. We were physically far from family, friends. We had to like create a whole new community and network, which was super hard. There were lots of ups and downs, like socially and work-wise, but for us as a team, it was really beautiful. It kind of like, if you're my person and we're a lot, like you're even more important now, we, we really like prioritize us and had so much freaking fun, so much fun. We met beautiful people. Mexico has the best food, most beautiful beaches, uh, theater and culture and nightlife. And we just met so many fun, fun couples and friends. Like I found yoga because I was like trying to network and make new friends as a grown up, which is super hard. And I was doing my dream job of starting my private practice right and I was working with people and I set up my office and I speak English and Espanol Spanish fluently so I was seeing people I started to specialize in couples therapy I started to specialize in like embodiment somatics and, and how to heal holistically and I found yoga which was like transformational and I started doing all this personal growth, right? It was like the missing piece. Yoga for me was the missing piece over healing. And I was like finding my empowered voice and creating a life for myself with my partner. But also it was like a huge growth portal for me, which is what I believe relationships are. I believe that relationships, especially partnerships, especially romantic relationships, are a portal for personal growth. They are a portal for deeper healing, deeper healing than you could reach if you try to heal in isolation, right? Like I see so many of my friends in the yoga spiritual community, they, they wake up 6 a.m., meditate, journal, write, do yoga in their own little cave, right, at home. And then they go off to work, come back, and they reflect, and they burn sage and which is beautiful I do that too right and then I see this gap in the empowerment and spiritual 
community where these women are not taking that connection into their relationships. So they're doing all the meditating, journaling, all the self-help, but they're actually not able to communicate in relationship. They're not able to ask for what they need. They're not able to speak about sex, intimacy, communication with their partner, right? And so I just started noticing that because I work with couples, I can see into the future, right? That's when I really found my way. I started working with couples around healing trust, um, infidelities, disconnection. And that's exactly what I do. I help couples move from disconnection, conflict, and just emotional distance into deeper connection and communication, feeling like you can speak the same language, feeling like you're on the same team, getting ahead of conflict, learning how to resolve the problems, right? Learning how to be you and me against a problem instead of you versus me. And so the huge privilege that I have in that work when I see people and I hear, like I always hear, especially women tell me, oh yeah, I started noticing this like six years ago, I had this moment of my partner did this and I realized that this was not enough for me. And that's when I started feeling resentful, right? And then it's like, there's always moments. Your intuition is always speaking to you. There's always those moments of knowing, inner knowing, inner wisdom, right? You can call it your intuition. I sometimes call it your inner knowing. And I started to awaken that within me, right? I was doing couples therapy. I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a psychologist. I'm reading about relationships. I can love this shit, right? It's my whole life. So of course I brought it into my relationship. I uh, started opening up more conscious communication. I just started asking better questions and listening with more devotion and it was beautiful, right? He, Rodrigo, my partner, he responded as best as he could. And I also started noticing like just um, the biggest thing here is your relationship will only go as far as the person who's less willing will let it. The person who's less open emotionally the person who's more defensive. That will be the person who marks where you're getting, as far as you're getting, right? You can't go deeper unless your partner is willing to go deeper, right? And I don't say is capable because I believe that capacity is something that we can train. If your partner doesn't know how to open conscious communication or is not that in touch with their emotions, that's something we can heal. It's something I can teach them, right? Like it's like I do couples therapy and I as well do this coaching of couples, like educating people, sex education, psychoeducation, right? Like let me give you the tools that's something trainable, learnable. The thing is willingness. And I started having these moments of like um, maybe bumping up against my partner's willingness. He would he would answer as best he could. He would lean in like he always wants. He knows the value of growth. He has super growth mindset. It's just him being a man. Oh, and being a Latino, that's a big thing. Being a Latin man from the Latino community, right? He's learned to be strong, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a macho man, right? And 
started bumping up around that too. And um, that was the beginning of the disconnect, right? I noticed it. I spoke to it as best I could, but I also, in hindsight, can see that I I just didn't know how to manage it. I, I didn't really understand it. I was way too in it, right? When I see it in couples from the outside, it's so clear. If you're in it, you're in it, right? I, I just, I did as best I could and I've made my peace, but I wasn't being that clear either. And so Mexico was such a beautiful spark that it carried us through. There were so many beautiful moments. He was always there for me. Like I, something that was always good and that he never let me down on is he always makes me think and feel like I'm the number one priority. Even when we were super disconnected, I always felt like the number one priority. If I was hurt, if I was having a bad day, like I was always more important than work. He had several moments of leaving works, leaving work meetings, leaving work early. Once I was hurt, he, I went to the doctor and he left his work and he went with me, for me. He was always present. He would go get me food. He would go get me medicine. Like he always shows up for me, even if he has to cancel outings with friends, important work meetings, even calls with bosses, right? That's how I felt. Okay, this is what it feels to be a number of priority. And I had never felt that before. And so after we were supposed to be in Mexico for two years, that was, it was an expat assignment. So he had a contract two years. We had like a lot of expat benefits, which means like, since you're leaving your country, they paid for our move. They paid for our bonus. They paid for like furniture. We, we had a beautiful house. It was really cheap <laughs> compared to like our tiny New York style apartment in Connecticut. That was a huge house well not huge it was just like a townhouse three bedrooms one of them was my office it was just a really happy time I found yoga I was teaching yoga and I noticed like when you're in alignment things flow to you I had a lot of opportunities I was super happy and after two years we extended that contract it became three and we willingly happily stayed we would have wanted to maybe stay for four right but three was a measure after three there was nothing else for him it was like a lower pay grade if he wanted to stay and we had this opportunity where then he was offered stanford stanford office so here are the headquarters and that's why we came here we came to have a go look and see did all the research again there was lots in the in-between and then we came to Connecticut. It was, it was 2018. And right before I left, like he, it was just hard from the beginning. He came before because he had to hit the ground running. I stayed, we had packed up our, our house. So I was in a hotel. I stayed because I had a couples therapy deep training that I had already paid for. It was a four part, part thing and it was a fourth and last part and I wanted to say I didn't want to disrupt our life. So when we decided we were moving, it just it all moved so fast. I stayed with a few friends and then I stayed at a hotel and I had this workshop. It was really sweet. I had a, a goodbye party with my friends and then I had a beautiful Tantra workshop with one of my teachers. So I was doing 
I was doing yin yoga training. I completed that. And then I had a beautiful like introduction to Tantra. So Tantra is beautiful. It's like this uh, just like deep dive philosophy into being present, feeling it all. It ties into the yoga world. I was doing yin yoga, something um, very connected to healing. So that'll be for another time. But I did this beautiful feminine energy women's tantra workshop with one of my beautiful teachers, Bati Aval in Mexico. She's this beautiful goddess. She was my yin yoga teacher who taught all around women's empowerment, sexual empowerment on the like tantra front, according to tantra yoga philosophy. It was transformational. It was another deep dive portal into like up level, right? And as we finished, we drew cards. We did tarot cards. She, she laid them out. It was a wild unknown deck, this black and white card deck. She like laid them out. We did a ritual around it. We had to choose like intuitively, meaning like you choose and pull the card that calls to you out of the spread. And I like really carefully, I remember I floated my hand over the cards and like really try to connect to energy and like which one is pulling me. I wasn't sure even if it was like intuitive enough, but I really felt a pull and I pulled this card and it was a tower card. So if you're into tarot, you'll know the tower card. <laughs> Sometimes scary. The tower card means that something is... It's like huge transformation. It's like you burn down the house so that you can build a new one. It has this tower that's being hit by lightning, like it's cutting the tower in half. There's like flames, it's black, it's even like dark and scary, right? It's not even supposed to be scary. All it means is like there's this like huge transformation that's going to turn your world around, which is super hard, but so that you can unlearn and transform everything that no longer serves you and has not been serving you for a long time. And I remember she read that to me and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm moving actually. No, but she didn't know that, right? Um, and she was like, no, no, this is, yeah, like that makes sense. But no, this is bigger. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm leaving ever, like I'm moving to Stanford. So, so yeah, that, that's the transformation, right? Like I, and I'm switching languages and I have to like now transport my business into U.S. And, and she was still like, she knew, she knew nothing about my relationship, right? But she knew that it was more. Um, she was like, no, Gabby, like, she took a deep breath. She told me, she looked into my eyes, with her beautiful green eyes into my green eyes. And she just said, like, I, I don't know but what this is about, of course, but brace yourself. Just brace yourself. I, I knew in hindsight, I knew in that moment, I didn't have the clarity, right? But yeah, it was my relationship. And so fast forward, moved here, 
in Connecticut, smaller space. I had to start over. Fertility, his life doesn't change so much. Like he just jumps into work. It's really hard, but he has the same structure over like nine to five movement trips, travel, corporate life, right? For me, my life is upside down again. That's what happens with expat partners, right? The, 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 the person who goes with the spouse, right? Like they call it the trailing spouse, the spouse that's accompanying. It's always harder for us, of course. And it's, it's the both sides of the coin. It's a huge adventure. It let me get trained in couples therapy in New York. It let me get my yoga teacher training in Mexico. It had this huge adventure, like my three years in Mexico. Mexico is now my home, right? Like I love it. it it's like, the growth and the expansion and the excitement is one part of the coin. And then the hardships, the starting over, the leaving family, that's the other side of the coin. Like you get to have it all. You can't have the good without the bad, but then the bad started being really bigger. So we were here. It was like a perfect storm over so many things. Like I'll have to have Rodrigo on the podcast and have a specific episode with his perspective, right? But he was consumed by work stress. He was having financial doubts. Like it was just life was more expensive. We had had our budget, but it was more expensive. He had a, a big challenge at work. He felt like he was being also discriminated against and he had to prove himself. He had a big chunk of like imposter syndrome it was all weighing on him. He never shared with me. I didn't know that this was happening. I just saw him go to work, come back, get in a bad mood, feel stressed. I saw him disconnected. I saw him like eating more junk food, speaking less, right? I saw him in a bad mood. I could see he was stressed. Like it made sense to me that it was hard, but I just didn't know the nuances over like exactly what was happening. I was also feeling scared. I had to start over. I lost like my community. Um, I started teaching yoga. I started working. And then I was just like, wow. I felt like a, like a little fish in a big pond. <laughs> like I had been a big, big fish in the small pond in Mexico when everything opened up for me. And then here it was like, oh. Uh, my gosh, I felt so small. I felt like I was starting over. Again, I didn't have my community. I felt lonely. I missed my family. I missed my friends. It was winter, which is like uh, a big thing. It's a real thing. And we just started clashing, right? And the hard thing about my relationship, and you'll relate, like sometimes the disconnect is that you're fighting and there's conflict. For us, the disconnect was silence. It was distance. Which is kind of worse. It's not worse, but it feels worse, right? Both are equally bad fights. Distance are the same. Again, two sides of the same coin. But with us, he has a more avoidant attachment style. He is conflict avoidant. I'm not conflict avoidant, but I'm very aware of the ways that I want to initiate conversations. I'm very aware of how to have hard conversations, not to scare him, not to, I like, I can't get mad. I know too much about couples and defensiveness and emotional mastery to know that that won't work, right? So I would like very softly initiate conversations, try to get him to open up, try to like, 
just connect. And it just did not work. We were not speaking the same language, basically. I would say things like, hey, like, I want to feel more connected. I want us to have more time. Like, I want to know what's happening inside you. And he would just be like, what do you mean? Like, we're together. We We just spent the whole weekend together. I started suggesting therapy. He went... He went to two different people, but didn't really click. They were like, one was inconsistent and one was just like not his type. And then he just gave up. He was not ready, right, to like lean in. And I was just like growing desperate, desperate, desperate. I I started trying to talk to him. And I remember that super painful moment of I would just read all the books and I try to bring up our issues and work through them in really different ways. One after we had a date, one after our weekend, so he was in a better mood. What one after work, run and it just started feeling like there was never a good time. I was feeling super lonely. He was feeling like stuck in his head. And then he just noticed like my partner Gabby is upset. He felt very defensive, but he also felt very attacked by me. And I just stopped knowing how 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 to do this, right? And what followed was a really scary period over where I started noticing, like, okay, this is not the relationship that I want. This is not the level of depth that I want. I want more. I tried to, like, get us to do exercises. And obviously, what I would have needed was, like, a therapist, couples therapy, do this together. I would have needed his willingness. I would have needed him to know, right? I just, I didn't know how to manage it either. And then he started like just withdrawing more and more. He was also like eating more junk food, just having more beers at dinner. It was never a big problem. It was just like, I could obviously see something was up and he was so in it. He, he felt like he was hiding it or managing it I guess and that's how it is right when you're on the inside you don't notice that it's so obvious from the outside and of course it was obvious to me it's not always right but I am a trauma-informed therapist like I could just see I could sense energetically like a dark cloud around him and I uh, just started getting scared we were feeling disconnected that also fed into intimacy right we were just like not feeling that warmth and vibrancy and closeness um we would like hang out and hug but I wouldn't feel him I couldn't feel him in his words when I would tell him that he wouldn't understand like of course like what does that mean you don't feel me right I was like I don't feel your heart my beautiful words are also sometimes really emotional and energetic and he just he didn't get it right and I just noticed I started getting really scared. Like I understood. I I now I'm such a better therapist because of it. This is why wives get so angry. This is why husbands get so afraid. This is why people cheat, right? I was also feeling lonely. I was feeling dismissed. I was craving deeper connection. I was just oh my gosh. And I we had a, a trip together where we went to like um it was like summer we went to the beach actually Cabo San Lucas we went to Mexico with some friends beforehand I, I asked him to 
like, let's make some time for us, um, some dinners, just you and me, right? Like, yeah, let's make this time with friends, but also let's make this quality time as a couple. Like I had a few requests over like, oh, let's have these dinners and do this, right? And that whole trip was just, it just did not happen. Like I asked for it so that we could like do it together in the moment, but I didn't want to lead him to, okay, now we're going to, like I had already said it. And so I wanted him to respond and, and like we could do it together. It wasn't that I didn't want to ask for it again. I just, I had made it super clear. And then when we were there and I was like, hey, are we going together? And he was like, no, we're going with friends. And so to make the long story short, that whole trip was like more like a trip with friends instead of a trip with us together. We had several moments where I just, I didn't feel like he was there with me. I felt like he'd rather be with friends. I felt like he was just like having this trip as an escape from his life and his stress, which was true, of course. And I just, I had it. That was it. I had promised myself that I was going to hold the vision for where the most beautiful relationship that I could see, right, for us or with someone else, and that this was not enough. And I had said it, I had said it verbally, I had, we had had a lot of moments of speaking, and like I had written a few letters, and then there was just one night when I just, I left, I left earlier, I was like wanting to go to bed, he got there later, like it just showed me he was like on another track of having fun with friends that I just had a moment of something just like clicked and everything shattered inside me. And what is weird is I didn't have a voice in my head of thinking like, what am I going to do? I'm going to leave. It was more like a certainty of when do, when do I go? It wasn't even a voice that said like, oh, you have to leave. It was a given that I had to leave. It was more of like, what is the plan? What the fuck am I going to do now? And it was decided. So that's the way I am. I now help people not to get to that point. So if you feel the pull, if you feel that I need more, right, I'm needing more from this relationship, that's that's when you should come to me or someone. That's when you should get relationship support. Because for me, it was radical, right? It had to, like, we had to burn down to the ground, like the tower card. Like, that's when the tarot card made sense. It had to, like, burn, <laughs> break in half, burn to the ground, burn the house down so that we would build something from new. That's sometimes how it is, but I also think that that's a radical and painful way. It was super painful, right? So I help couples not to get to that point too. So how I am, I say radical because that's how I am. If I think something I have to, that's how you build self-trust. If I know I have to do this, I do it. Because there's no freaking way I'm going to abandon myself, right? If, if I'm feeling abandoned by my partner, I'm not going to do that to myself. And once I know, I know that's just something personal about me. Once I feel it, it was more of like, okay, now how do I get my energy behind backing up a plan? Instead of like, am I really going to do this? Once I say I'm going to do it, I just do it. That's just who I am. And so uh, Mexico, even in that trip there, I was like, I 
almost grabbed my bags and came home alone from that trip early just because I was so clear and disappointed but I just could not bring myself physically like I could not bring myself to do that I just once I realized this is it everything deflated out of me and it was like all systems down I was a ghost it's even a haze now when I close my eyes and try to remember it it's it's such a blur, it's such a haze. Like I, we traveled back. My sister was visiting in New York cause she wasn't living there right now, right then. And I knew that I had to tell her. She was the per first person I told. And I remember we got on the subway for some reason it was just her and I, because also like, our partners were there but we went somewhere and I just started it started spilling out of me I said I need to leave I cried on the subway I was crying I was telling her and I was like yeah it is I have to leave and so she she was really scared she got worried like she panics I was just like I have to leave and about two months later because it took like a lot of time of getting my energy behind it I packed up my things. I told my partner we had to sit down. I said, I just, I need to leave. I need to leave. This is killing me. And um, he begged me to stay. Then he begged me, he tried to negotiate. Okay, we'll break up, but just stay and we'll pack up. And we'll both leave, stay a little longer. Let's go to couples therapy. Like that's when all the response kicked in. Now let's go to couples therapy now. And by then it was too late, right? It's that thing that happens with women. It was too late. I want nothing here. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving on this date. Um, You can do whatever you need, right? Like you can leave, you can stay, do whatever, take your time. I, I hope you go to therapy. I hope you get support. I was worried about what would happen with him because, of course, like in partnership, you're the other person's person. So I told him, please, like, tell your family, bring your support network. He didn't want to. I knew I didn't want to worry about him. So what I did is I once I left, I called his best friend, one of his best friends, and I told him this is happening. He kind of knew, but he didn't really know details. And I just said, like, this is happening. I'm leaving. I'm telling you not to involve you, but so that you can be here for him because I am not going to be able to. But I just want to hand you off, like hand him off to you so that you can support him. Because like that, I don't need to worry. His friend was super shocked. He didn't really respond, but I felt like I'm setting up a support network so that I can go no contact, which I did. And I said, you can, you can like email me. And um, if it's an emergency, you can talk to me, write to me, but uh, we're not talking. He tried to reach out a few times. I, I totally stopped that, right? My boundaries are like solid. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't even angry. It wasn't like ice queen. I was just like, I'm, I'm done. This, this voice that I have now was the voice, right? It was like, this is, this is it. I, my sister actually came for me because I, I didn't have the strength. Like, I, again, it's a blur. Like, I don't even, I kind of remember she helped me pack. I had like two 
suitcases. I, I left. We flew. I, I flew to Guatemala to my mother's house. Like I stayed and moved in with my mother. Once I was on the plane, I realized like I had left my yoga mat here. I cried so much because it was so symbolic over like my yoga mat is my safe place. I, I just, this was it, right? I left. And it was, yeah, four months of no contact, deep healing. I was like a hermit. I was doing like all the self-help. I was just at home. I was taking care of me. And the, the most wonderful thing is, um, this is magnetism, right? When you do the right thing for you, doors open. Like I, I was a hermit, but still I got there and just doors opened. I had like a few offers. I had someone offer to share their office with me. I had new patients. Like I was teaching yoga. I reached out to just a few people. They connected me with others and like doors opened and suddenly like two months later, I, I was like working fully and I was healing. I had my individual therapist. She was like my guide in that moment. And I, I just dove in to knowing what was right for me. And I think that was what was the most powerful is not that I wanted to stay forever there. It was just aligned action, right? Once you know what's right for you and you do it, doors open up. And I had a lot of grief and hurt around a lot of guilt, I guess, over like, is he going to be okay? Because he had his life, but also now I was back with my parents and family and friends, hometown, right? And he was now here with all that stress alone. And I didn't even know what was happening, but I knew that, that there was something extra stressful bothering, right? That's why I handed him off. I felt like he is also a grown-up. He has people. Yeah, it's painful that I'm not the person there, but also he has people, right? It's not like he has no one. It's not like people who are in addiction or disconnected from family and friends. Like, he has people, which is something that I see it. a lot of women take on the savior complex over like, no, this is a grown man and they have people and family and friends and money and they can find a therapist and they can find a coach and they can get support and they can open up. So I just released. I was so much. I, I did my deep healing. I did a cord cutting, energetic cord cutting ceremony had this energy reader also like read me my tarot cards, read me my horoscope, guide me. I let my friends support me. I had to attend my best friend in Guatemala, her wedding in Mexico. So it was like a double whammy. I had to travel to Mexico, the place that we loved, where we lived for a wedding after my breakup of five years, right? After we were five years to get like four and a half years together. And I thought we were the next ones. It was just fucking painful. I cried the whole ceremony. 
I remember I had these Kleenex of like tears just like streaming down my face. It wasn't even like I was feeling like, oh, I'm going to cry. It was just like pouring out of me. I survived. It was weird when I would tell my story. I, I, I tried to let myself be supported by friends, but something weird happened also when I shared this is what was happening there were like people would ask me like what happened did he cheat on you like did, did you cheat on him did something horrible happen because we were again almost five years in three countries down the line we were a super team we we had a beautiful happy relationship and so it's really hard for people to understand what happened right and now i hate this question it's one of my pet peeves like do not ask someone after breakup what happened because it's so impossible to sum up what has happened in like a response or a few sentences it's like how the fuck where do i even start right and so when I would tell the story, I would just, I wouldn't even tell it that much. I would tell to my close friends and my therapist, but then it's like, I owe no one any explanation. So I would just say like, oh, there was this disconnect. He, And then I would share with my girlfriends, right? I would say like, he was disconnected. I wasn't able, we were speaking different languages. Like when I said that I wanted more quality time, I, I just started venting to my friends and uh, one of the reactions was expected of like, oh my God, yeah, you deserve better. That's so hard. Yeah, good for you. The empowerment response, right? But there was another reaction. So listen to this. This is a, the gold here. There was another part of the reaction that I didn't expect. And it was just like women looking at me with a knowing gaze and empathy and fear and saying me too I feel that I'm feeling that right now I felt that in my relationship I haven't been able to fix it I also feel this we are also disconnected I also don't know how to talk about this with my partner And so now I understand, right, without it being a big trigger, because in that moment it was confusing for me. It was scary. Now I understand that I was so fucking brave because I had that vision of, like, I can see the beautiful relationship. I can see where he could go. I can see he has the capacity. He's just not willing right now to, like, lean in and do the work. And I will stand behind my vision, even if I have to stand alone. And I will not accept this disconnect as this is just as good as it gets. And my desire for an extraordinary relationship means that that is available. If I desire it and I can see it and I can close my eyes and I can see like a version of us where he would speak emotionally to me and open up and share what was actually happening instead of like holding it in and us doing yoga together and just like having moments of conscious communication and then also just living life and having fun like we had, right? Like it wasn't like I wanted a new relationship. I just wanted to see him, to feel him, 
And so I realized, wow, how much are we settling? If you feel like you're settling, you are. If you're wondering if you're settling, you are. And so as I started to stand behind, like, yeah, this was the right thing. Nothing horrible happened, but I desire more and deeper. And I desire more intimacy. And I desire an extraordinary relationship where we can connect. And he can open up. And we can talk about what we're feeling. And we can be a team. And we can get ahead of conflict. And we can also go to therapy. And we can share. And we can be more, more vulnerable. That is what I want and I will stand alone until that comes and so that was a massive moment so the portal for where I am now is not that we got back together which we did that's not the lesson <laughs> when I tell my story it's like oh it all worked out because you got back together and it's like actually no it all worked out because I was willing to stand alone it all worked out because I stood behind my needs and my desires. I got my needs met because I stood behind my needs, not because he met them. Your needs are not dependent on someone else to be met. Your needs start to get met when you stand behind them. But yeah, we found our way back to each other. And that there were so many things also that happened in, the, in between. I'll share another time. So this was, again, a breakup, a breakup, no contact. I was even dating. Like I was, I said, I was single. People would ask me, like, are you really broken up? And I would say, yes, we're broken up. Are you getting back together? And I would say, no, we're, we're broken up. This is not. So just because I lived it, like if it was a real breakup, I think that was the only reason that it really gave us a chance to find our way back to each other. If I had been like, let me ask for this or threaten or just like give an ultimatum so that he steps up, I don't think it would have happened, right? So what happened for him, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about this. Um, he, five year, five months after no contact, he was traveling to Guatemala. He asked to see me. I was not sure, but I said yes, because we also had, a, we had a lease of an apartment. We had joint bank accounts. We have some stocks. Like we also had things to figure out, right? We had, we were like a married couple. Um, we had a lot of things to figure out still, which I just left. I was like, this will come when it comes. And um, so what happened is he asked me, I said yes to breakfast because I didn't want anything to compromise it. He showed up with his therapy journal. He told me that the day after I left, he, the day I left, he had like a whiskey and a sleeping pill and he got so scared by his own, own darkness that he contacted a therapist who he already knew, who he knew and was on his radar, someone he could have worked with before and that was a push he needed it, right? Like he already had this person in his world, which, yeah, sometimes people have to feel the push to do it, right? He started therapy two times a week for like six months, deep diving into 
his childhood, his own blocks, his trauma, feeling his feelings. He calls it he went into the depths of hell within himself to, for the first time in his life, uncover all that shit. And he brought his therapy journal. He shared with me. He showed up differently. He told me all the things that he hadn't told me. How when we got here, he felt pressure to be the provider. He was like drowning in stress. He was feeling super vulnerable about, I would think less of him if he wasn't doing well in his job. And he was so scared and he had imposter syndrome. And yeah, he was suffering from discrimination against him and being Latino. And he was feeling afraid and how he was worried about not being good enough for his job and also not being good enough as my partner. And all that stress just made him shut himself down and like disconnect from me. And now he could see it. He could see how he had disconnected and his role and how he stonewalled and he could finally understand what I was saying of how all I wanted was for us to be a team and how he hadn't been here for me and all those moments. He like read a list of like this moment, I did this, this moment, I did this. He read the book, Hold Me Tight which is like in my therapy world, emotionally focused therapy, it's like the Bible. He gave me a copy that he took and he wrote like a dedicated message that made me see that he understood. And I have it here now. The biggest part is it says that this book was the flashlight to his inner world and the translation to what I was saying. And how I had been fighting for the relationship with everything I had until it made sense that I just had to let go. And I was right to do that. And so now he was holding on. And it, it's in Spanish. But it says... I'm holding on now with the hope that we can rescue this and that I can get you back. And if not, you have saved my life. You have saved my life, letting me reconnect to myself and to my emotions and to this little me, the inner child that has been silent for years. And I'm, of course, crying now because that's when I, I just solidified this learning of what's right for you is right for both of you in a relationship. What felt one-sided and selfish, like this is what I need. It, it's always going to be the healthy thing for both of you. It's never selfish. And I knew that he wouldn't be able to see that, that when I left. Like he was super angry at me and he was hurt. But I, I just, I knew it. That eventually the, the healthy thing has to come through right it, it has to come through it has to be a like he has to know 
that this is the right thing. Like, if you do the healthy thing, it will never be bad for anyone. And I knew that, but that's when I... I just felt it. It just, like, sank into my body. <sighs> so... Of course, a lot of things happened after that. It was very, very tentative. We started talking. He had his therapy. I had my therapy. We did a lot of work together. From then, it's been couples therapy into intimacy coaching, into communication tools, into sex and connection time management and communication, like all the logistics and all the beautiful things to build a relationship. And then it was also a back and forth of like when I was finally ready to come back and move back in. And we take, we took that decision intuitively like we did when we went to Mexico, or at least I did, because I kind of lead. He is what I discovered. He opens up the channel and, and is present, but ultimately I, what I say goes. That's what happens when you're an empowered woman, right? Watch, watch the world leap for you. Become a woman of your word and watch your partner leap for you. Become someone who does what she says she's going to do and watch your partnership. Open up for you to lead. That's what happens. It takes bravery and clarity. and It's hard, but that was the biggest lesson for me. If you desire more and you can see it and you can feel it and I could close my eyes and see that vision, it's because it's totally fair, available. And the best thing is like what you want will never be the wrong thing. And I say that to women all the time. If you... If you want to divorce, but you worried about your kids, what's right for you will be right for your whole family, right? It's better to be co-parents and love each other and not have to burn the house down instead of staying in something that feels unsustainable. Eventually you have, you burn the house down, right? And that's so fucking hard. Like we didn't talk for five months. Like I had to like radically leave. And so now I help people do that, but also not have to do that. And so for us, it was a slow return, lots of growth and support and people who took us through, right? Very, very slowly at our own pace. And now, so then now, what, what this looks like now. We have relationship check-ins every two weeks where we share what's bothering you, what are you needing support over, tell me. We've had beautiful moments where he has choked up and said, hey, I feel like I'm insecure around what would happen if I am fired for my job what would happen if I ever have money problems I'm worried that you would think less of me as a man can you please like support me can I share this with you he cries and lets me hold him I cry and he soothes me we share <sighs> now I feel 
Now, this is it. We go to yoga together. He does restorative yoga. <laughs> he has a picture of his inner child. And so I got a picture of my inner child and we have them on the wall and we look at them and we remind ourselves of the heart of this person inside. He has his therapist that he does weekly appointments. When there's stressful moments, he takes breaks sometimes, but she supports him. Then he shares with me. He journals. I also, of course, have that support. I share. I'm able to communicate. I stand behind what I need. I don't need to be angry. I know that we are in it. And so, yeah, now there's lots of things to figure out. Still, it's never perfect. We still are doing the work, but I have built this massive trust within myself that then translate into our relationship, right? And he has proven to me that this is it because he's more willing to build this relationship than to protect himself, right? His desire to be in healthy partnership is bigger than his desire to protect himself and distance, just like remain in the little shell. That's how you grow. So this is it for today. This is, of course, so many, so many parts of this. I'll unpack more. But this is what it takes. And I share this because now I always mention what we've been through. And then sometimes I celebrate my relationship now and, and have my beautiful pictures on Instagram or some new or our wedding, right? But that's so much more special because we went through all this. And um, I've heard people say that after a cancer scare, for example, you are so much more alive and happy to live your own life and how I would never wish cancer on anyone. That is a new awakening, right? And I feel the same way about a relationship crisis. Sometimes I get people after an affair or a horrible breakup and be like, can, can we rebuild this? My answer is always yes, and you would never believe it. You won't believe it right now, but it's possible to rebuild this into a more deep, beautiful version that you could have never imagined, more than you could have ever thought, more connected than ever, and more special because of what you've been through. Not just like heal from what you've been through, but learn from it and build a new relationship. And this is what I have. That's why I know it's possible. Thank you so much for listening to my story. Let me know what questions you have and what parts of this you want broken down more. I think we could do a healing from heartbreak and we could also do a like what to do to strengthen partnership, right? And all these rituals over checking in and time management and ensuring intimacy and connection, right? But I will have more. And thank you so much for being in this space and holding me. Please let me know that you listen. If this touches you, let send this to a friend if it feels relevant, if they could benefit. Watch out for the next episodes coming. I am always willing and committed to sharing more of myself so that these stories can expand your mind and they can also stand by what you are desiring. And we can just walk this path together as 
yeah, I've figured out and cracked the code on a lot of things, but I'm also on this path. I'll be human first, therapist second. And I am so honored to have this space to share. Thank you so much. And hear and see you soon. Gracias.